over a week to go to the November Internationals. Have you got your tickets? Welcome to the Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Flexibility will be vital for the World Cup squad, says Wales sports coach Robin McBride. I think it's important when you look at the World Cup somewhere you have a compromise. Um, I think it's good maybe to have a, a look at those players in unfamiliar uh, positions at this stage. Uh, Blues back Gareth Hanscom certainly looking forward to the Under Armour series. I've been um, relatively pleased with my performances and you know we get to go into exciting um, November internationals and we've got some big games coming up and I'd love to play a part of that. Plenty of Welsh coaches at the Rugby World Cup like Phil Davis with Namibia. Most of our opportunities, we've got to have something about this. You think of Lee Jones as well in Hong Kong, Gareth Bieber, Sevensbury's in Fiji. You know, there's a lot of Welsh coaches around the world. And that's an interesting tale we'll hear more of later. We'll start with the Under Armour series of November Internationals, another important part of the World Cup build-up and a chance to try various combinations ahead of some tricky choices. In particular, forwards coach Robin McBride's looking forward to test some flexibility up front in the next few weeks. Yeah, we'll see how they go in training. But obviously, you know, we got away with five props and two hookers in the last World Cup. Having the World Cup so local uh, in England made it a possibility for us. Between now and the World Cup, I know we mentioned uh, Dylan Lewis is somebody who could potentially cover Lucid. But we're going to have to see how they go in training from a front row point of view in particular because they're specialist positions. From a back five point of view, we asked different questions of Seb Davis in the summer and then a number of players potentially could fulfil that role. And Shingler, unfortunately, he's injured. Corey Hill's definitely got the engine for it uh, and the mobility and, and the ball handling skills. Again, it's an unfamiliar position for Corey. Josh Turnbull, who unfortunately hasn't made the squad this time, but uh, he's one of those players who's done it in the past. So um, I think it's important when you look at it for the World Cup, if you're going to carry nine front row forwards, well, it leaves you ten then. So somewhere you're going to have to compromise. Um, and as Warren said, I think it's good maybe to have a, a look at those players in uh, unfamiliar positions at this stage so that you know, we've already been down that track through the time coming in the World Cup. Is that just going to happen in training or could it happen in the last few minutes? It'll depend how it goes in training, obviously, first of all. It asks different questions of people, you know. There's two modes of thinking. I mean, I know Seb was relatively new to the international stage and some would say, well, just leave him where he is. But I think you've got to stretch individuals. You've got to ask questions of them and, you know, really take him out of the comfort zone, see the potential that they've got, the full potential. We know someone like Aaron Shingler, for instance, he's done it, maybe not recently, at regional level, uh, moving backwards and forwards. And I know he's put on some good weight in the time that he's been recuperating or rehabilitating his knee. So, um... You know, there are options out there, but again, we wouldn't put somebody in a position that they're not comfortable. So, seeing how well they respond in training under as much pressure as we can put them under, you know, that will determine really whether they have that opportunity. The squad you pick, given that there are a lot of injuries and obviously without the English players for the first one, it's still a surprisingly strong squad compared to previous ones with that number of injuries. I suppose that's the work of the last 12 months for a bit longer. Yeah, I think so. I think. Definitely from a back row point of view. I mean, there's five back rows out, and Sam Warburton we're missing as well. So it is really a reflection of, of all the guys who've had the opportunity and have taken it uh, in recent years. You know, both Ollie Griffiths and, and Thomas Young are both very unlucky not to be uh, in this squad. Felt we didn't want to stockpile open side flankers. They're both, in our eyes, out and out international class open sides. So um, it's getting that balance right. It's quite a close squad to I know the 
the numbers, maybe it's, it's a lot more than 31, but from a forward point of view, we're only carrying two extras from what could potentially be a World Cup squad of forwards, and we know we're carrying one extra front row forward and one extra in the back five, so we're not that far away, you know, from what it's going to look like, and it gives us a a little room to play around with positions but not too much as well so we don't lose that direction We've had the two sevens for Wales and some of the regions the balance of that back row selection does that suggest you're not going to go down that route? It depends on the quality of and the attributes of the six and seven I think some players can better than others but it's also the, that balance of your whole back row what do you do with, without the ball what do you do with the ball your support lines what you offer set piece because different teams offer different challenges and when we look ahead to the World Cup I've got no doubt that Georgia will drive quite a bit against us they'll scrimmage quite a bit against us Australia known to do that as well so it was a great discussion five coaches on the table and really discussing the merits of each player and you know, that's what we've come up with There's always an outside half debate in Wales and that's certainly an interesting area again this year Perfect person to ask is Wales skills coach Neil Jenkins Tends not to go away does it patching stuff and um the ongoing HIA stuff and out with him so hopefully he can get himself sorted as Gat says is the health is the most important thing but uh, he's been a quality player you know, certainly for the last couple of seasons anyway and played pretty well for us in the summer when he has done so um, hopefully he can get himself right and you know, he can battle it out again and with Biggs obviously coming back in and um, obviously Gareth who's been playing very well for the Blues how much of a contrast in styles do those three players offer then? Yeah, they do. They all offer different things, don't they? I think, you know, as Gat said, regarding Biggs, you know, his kicking game, his aerial game, his defence is superb. And then probably other two sort of marry up a little bit with their attack as well in amongst that, you know. So um, and both working hard and they're kicking on their aerial game. There's lots of different strengths and, um, and obviously a couple of weaknesses between all three. But all three is fantastic players and are all hungry to do well, all hungry to put the shirt on and uh, I'm sure they'll be battling out. And Gareth Hanscom would probably prefer to play 10, as he's admitted, but uh, Cardiff Blues' victory in Lyon showed the strength of having a double playmaker option with uh, Hanscom at fullback. Yeah, Gareth, look, he, he plays exceptionally well at both, doesn't he? And he's been outstanding so far at 10 for the Blues this season. As you said, played very well, scored a fantastic try. Look, I think that's one of Gareth's strengths, you know, if you can play, obviously play full back on the weekend, but sometimes, you know, more sides will play with two at the back. In terms of counter-attacking and uh, seeing that space, he does it exceptionally well and better than most. So, um, you know, fantastic try in the weekend. But again, you know, Jared, uh, you know, he's been exceptional from last season, played exceptionally well, you know, deserved his chance, obviously. Um, you know, he's had a few illnesses this season and has missed out. And uh, Gareth's obviously taken that spot and played very well. But as you said, you know, playing two play makers and uh, good ball players as well. Opens up the space either side and good kicking options as well. And do you expect Jared Evans to get a, a chance to show what he's worth in, the, in this season before the World Cup? Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, obviously we got you know we got some class players in the position, and Jared likewise is uh, as I said has done exceptionally well so far last season, and just getting back into it this season through illness. But again, you know, it's, it's a battle for all of them, isn't it? And as you said, it's, rugby's a tough, physical, and compromising game now, and uh, the injuries do occur. So, look, we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll see where Patch is at as well. And if Patch doesn't quite come through, well, obviously Jared is waiting in the wings. And a word about uh, the back three options, obviously, in terms of your role as uh, kicking coach. What work will you have to do to, to integrate um, 
Jonah Holmes and, and Luke Morgan into this squad? Yeah, look, we focus on a lot in terms of the backfield play and how we go about certain teams that we play against. So myself and Sean will do a fair bit of work with these guys when they come in. And obviously early and kicking as well, you know. So like I said, kicking's a massive part of today's game. Any weakness in the back line, the opposition tend to find them out and uh, try and put the ball in behind them, especially as a back three player. So you got to be comfortable turning. It's okay, obviously attacking and being an attacking strength, which most of these guys are. But you got to be able to turn and work and turn and kick as well. So you need to be a good kicker. You need to generally have a good all-round kicking game in, in today's rugby, and certainly you need to be good early, both offensively and defensively. So that's something certainly these boys, you know, they work extremely hard in that area. On that on that part of the game. And Holmes a bit of a, a left field selection, how much have yeah. you actually seen of him? Yeah, yeah, no, we've watched some stuff of him, obviously, you know, he's, he's got excellent footwork, to be honest, he always seems to beat the uh, first defender quite easily, did pretty well against Northampton and stuff and that, and obviously 10 tries in 11, I think, last season as well, so look, seems a good all-round rugby player, and uh, it's an opportunity for us to see him, see where he's at, and uh, test football's a different kettle of fish, but some do take it, you know, like a duck to water, so we'll, we'll see uh, when he comes in, and hopefully he will do. Jared Evans, someone you'd have known for a long time, talk us through what, what he brings. For me, he's an, he's an outstanding attacking threat. Um, I think we've seen that last year. He takes the ball to the line, generally makes the best decisions possible, puts people through holes, makes breaks himself. You know, I think he'll admit certainly he's still got to work more on his kicking game, and that can be better. We know that, um, and a little bit early as well. But again, his attack game and um, you know his, his all-round understanding the game is, is exceptional, and I think that's what's uh, certainly come to the fore with the Blues in, in this last year or so. And Gareth Armstrong obviously says moving between the two positions. How important is it if you want to nail down playing ten at international level? To play there every week. Can you switch between the two and still slot? Not always, I don't think. No, I think uh, Gareth will admit you, you know he's a ten and wants to play ten. And look, I know where he's coming from because it was the same. I do feel for him on occasions, but again, it's hard when you've got two players of the class of both Jared and Gareth. It's, it's very difficult. And you know, as a coach, sometimes they want the best players on the park and. That happens to be sometimes the, the best scenario. So, um, but Gallus, as I said, has been outstanding at ten. When he's been there for us, he's done exceptionally well as well. He's working very hard. I know on his on his kicking game and to try and improve. And his stats this season have been outstanding. His general all-round kicking game has been excellent. So, um, look, he's working hard, and as are the rest of the boys, uh, trying sort of have that little bit extra percentage in, in the game to to stake the claim and wear the shirt. listening to the Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So let's hear from Gareth Anscombe after his side's defeat by Glasgow in the Heineken Champions Cup. Paid a price for a poor start. I think emotionally we weren't quite there today. Uh, we didn't back up maybe how we have been playing of late and I think unfortunately probably the first three weeks with some poor performances and needing to win I think we've sort of emotionally Falling off a little bit of a cliff today, which is the most disappointing thing. You know, we knew we had to win, and you know, you, you can't let a team like Glasgow get up to a, a 15-point lead at home, and just really disappointed. Really, I don't think we gave a fair account of ourselves. Probably the last 20, we kind of picked up a, a bit of a spark, but you know, the game was probably gone by then. So, really disappointed with ourselves, and uh, you know, we only have ourselves to blame. Really, was it confusing with the kids? That's all. That was a disgrace, really. It's sunny, you know, rugby's a hard enough game, let alone that. I've, I've never come across that in my eight years of playing rugby. I'd, you know, I, I caught a couple of high balls in the sun glare, and, you know, it's in a split second, it's tough to differentiate who's in your team. We have a bit of a game plan with who we try and run back at, and, and it was tough to differentiate who was in your team at the start. It, it got easier as the sun went down, you know, it was easier to see them, but particularly early on, playing into the, a sun in your eyes, both jerseys look the same to me, so 
it's disappointing. Look, it, it doesn't change the way we played. We weren't we weren't good enough today. Glasgow were too good for us. You accept that you play fullback to get the best players on the pitch and so on, but then you move to outside half at the end. It seemed to spark the, the revival. You enjoy it every time you go to ten. You seem to enjoy it. I enjoy doing what I have to do for the team. At the same time, you know, from a selfish point of view, at times, you know, I need a little bit more consistency with where, we, where I play. And I'm probably going to go into a Welsh camp now, and they're going to talk to me about playing international level. I'll, I'll do whatever's asked of me. But there, there's times when, when I would like a little bit more consistency where I play. With that in mind, then, how much are you hopefully looking forward to getting a chance, maybe at ten, because obviously Reese is struggling, Dan can't play. So, well, look, I, I'd like to think my performances of regardless of guys who are injured I'd like to think my performances have put myself in the front seat regardless of if they're injured or not but there's plenty of competition for places as you'd expect at international level and all I can do is hope that I get a chance somewhere and um, yeah, I'll sit down with, with Howlers and Gats and, and Jenks and we'll, I guess we'll see where the cards lay but it'd be nice to hopefully get a chance in one of the games and you know, hopefully I can take it so we'll just wait and see what happens But on the whole you must be happy with the way you're going into the awesome serious person the form you've shown this Yeah, look, I feel like I've been playing pretty well and I've been able to get my hands in the ball and get on the front foot a little bit. And 15 and 10 are very similar, but also very different. So I find it at times it's just tough to, to get your working week right because uh, they're both important positions. They both vary with the skill sets at times. So it, it'd be nice just to focus on, on one position at, at times and, and hopefully um, the feedback I get will allow me to do that. And... Um, Look, from a personal point of view, it's, I've been um, relatively pleased with my performances and, you know, we get to go into exciting um, November internationals and we've got some big games coming up and I'd love to play part of that and we'll just see what happens with the selectors, you know, choosing their sides. The Scarlets also went down to defeat away in Leicester. Coach Wayne Pivak refused to blame their lengthy injury list. Well, we didn't start well in either half, did we? I think we conceded 10 points um, in the first 10 minutes of both halves, so that put us under a bit of pressure and... You know, I thought we fought back well, you know, to, to close the gap down by half time and then to hit the lead, very, very happy. And then uh, obviously we made some errors and they were good enough to capitalise on those and put us away in the end. So, uh, you know, I've got to say well done to Leicester Tigers on that performance, in particular that last quarter. So we were chasing the, our tails a little bit and uh, that didn't help our cause. Frustration, really, because you did look dangerous when you actually had the ball in the opposition half. Yeah, but it felt like we were chasing the game most of the time. And even when we did hit the front, you know, they bounced straight back. So. You know, we've got to make sure we score and when we hit the lead that we consolidate five, ten minutes in a game and make sure we can um, try and build more pressure and score ourselves, but we're unable to do that today. Do you feel it was the, the sort of game that you might have won had you been closer to full strength? Oh, look, it is what it is, you know, with, with the sides that, that go out there. And I think every team's got injuries at this time of the season and for us, the team that we put out there, we felt was good enough to get the job done. As it turned out, it wasn't. You're just one point further back than this time last season, but it puts a lot of pressure on the doubleheader in December against Ulster now. Yeah, it certainly does, and we left a bonus point out there at the end. Disappointing not to, you know, a three-man overlap, 20 metres out from the try line. We, we walk that try and don't we? we get a bonus point. So that was disappointing, but um, we've talked about it in the change room now. We, we uh, need to consolidate when we come back in and, and get back-to-back wins against Ulster. It's as simple as that. And you've got to uh, gather what forces are left to you now for the... A little trip to South Africa. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get any easier. South Africa come back and then off to Edinburgh. So, um, look, that's going to be a good challenge for the boys that are with us. And, you know, we wish the uh, international boys well. And now um, we focus back on Pro 14. You won out in South Africa last year. What lessons can you take from being able to uh, scrape together a depleted squad? Yeah, I think we did well out there last time with the squad we had. And I think we got a bonus point win. But uh, it was a tight affair in the end. I think it was about 34-30. So... 
we know that we're going to have to play well. We're going to have to uh, play with a bit more position and territory, I think, to uh, make it easier on, on ourselves. Well, the Ospreys will be pleased with one of the most exciting prospects of Welsh rugby back on the pitch. Wing Keelan Giles. Yeah, it's nice to get back out there. Really nice to get back out with the boys and, uh, yeah, just enjoying back playing, really. What have the last 12 months been like for you? I'm not going to lie, it has been tough at the start, but just trying to stay positive. I had Dan Baker going through the same thing, so he made life a lot easier, just me and him together. But, yeah, it has been tough, but once you can start get back jogging and running and stuff, it's just sort of straightforward and... Uh, it's flown by since then. Did you think it was going to be a year, first of all, when it first happened? Yeah. Once I knew what the injury was, I knew it was going to be 12 months or more. That was a really mindset from that. The um, strength and conditioning staff and, and the physios here have been brilliant, especially with the return to play well. So they're always positive every day. And like I said, being with Dan Baker, it was just me and him bouncing back and forth, really. It was tough, but we stayed positive. What was the first contact training session like? A little bit sketchy, I'm not going to lie, but yeah, once you've made that first carry or first tackle or whatever, it's, you just forget about it and you're back into the swing of things. And getting back on the field for that first game, how nervous were you before that? Yeah, I was a little bit nervous, but like I said, like any other game, I'm, I'm always nervous before games, but as soon as I got on the pitch, it was all the nerves went then. Speed is your game. Are you back to where you were? Yeah, I've obviously been working hard when I have been injured, so numbers have gone up from when I was back playing last year. So, yeah, it's, um, numbers are looking positive, really. How are you looking at now, sort of perhaps the second stage of it, shall we say? Just really getting back and enjoying playing. I like to have a little bit of run of games here now and just enjoy things. I know it's like to be out now for a long time and it's not nice, but being back out there, it's, it's just... Like getting back out there and get back to enjoying it. People talk about the physical aspect, you obviously come with that. And the mental thing as well, how did you cope with that? You know, knowing that you were just coming in and training every day, you always look at that goal of getting back on that field. Yes, yeah, it is tough, but yeah, just staying positive. I'm always sort of positive anyway, so it, obviously at the start it was tough to be in sort of a dark place, but once you get past that, it's, you know where your goal is and you just strive for your goal then to get back playing. What can you achieve now, do you think, when you come back this season? Um, just want to establish myself here, first of all. Obviously, two great wingers here at the moment with the Welsh squad now, Luke Morgan and, and George North. So just going to run a game here now and hopefully push for the wing shirt. You see someone like George North here, what can you learn off him? Oh, great, yeah, loads. Top quality player and a top quality guy and the experience he has for the teams he's played for and the experiences he's been through, the amount of knowledge he has is great for us as young boys and other wingers as well. And you were on the cast of a Welsh Cup before. Is that something you think about getting back to now? Yeah, I'd be lying if I'd said no, but um, yeah, I just want to take it step by step now. I don't want to rush anything, but I just like I said, just get a run of games here now and, and get back and join. And Bajen this week is different from the Liberty Stadium, a competitive game there. How are the boys looking forward to it? Yeah, yeah, um, it is different. Like I said, some of the boys have played there, like we've played some pre-season games there before. So it'd be nice to, for the supporters to come down. Obviously, it's a smaller stadium than Liberty, so hopefully it can uh, get a bit louder there. Finally, there are plenty of Welsh coaches around the world and a few involved in the World Cup. Phil Davis has just guided Namibia through the qualification process. He spoke to Rob Cole. Right, Phil, you uh, managed to reach the World Cup finals. Just tell me about the achievement of getting there after the, the last four years. 
Yes, thank you, Rob. Uh, it was a great occasion and a great uh, achievement by the players and you know everybody at the Namibian Rugby Union because I think you know most World Cups they never have any continuity and there's never a legacy program. But to be fair to World Rugby and the Namibian Rugby Union, there was a real push and a determination and desire to get a legacy from you know the last World Cup, which is what we managed to do and we managed to build a squad and build a good young squad which achieved you know qualification as you rightly said stadium was full for the first time in umpteen years as well so it was a good good day all round six successive World Cup for Namibia and a, a six World Cup finals for you yes playing and coaching yeah it's been uh, very fortunate to have those experiences that's for sure and uh, yeah it's, it's you know Namibia have been there but this time we're hopefully going to go there and, and achieve something a bit more tangible than than one point you know we want to get at least one point next time to emulate what we did in England so yeah it's it's a case of trying to build on the platform that we've achieved over the last couple of years to get something as I say tangible that the country can be proud of uh, next time round in Japan Double-edged sword you've got probably the hardest pool of the lot with the Springboks and the All Blacks and Italy in there what are you expecting? You know, it's an amazing opportunity for the players and coaches everybody involved to be you know coming up against such iconic nations in a world showpiece so that's going to be amazing challenge and excitement and there'll be a little bit of trepidation because we know how, how good these teams are but you know we want to prepare and, and make sure that we can be a little bit of a, a thorn in the side uh, for the 80 minutes that we play we're realistic enough to know we're not going to win certain games but it's about the performance and it's about uh, to build the confidence for the players to go into you know the final game against the Repercharge team in the competition winning that first game would be quite something wouldn't it oh yeah it would be it'd be spectacular because I think the Namibian people have been listening to every World Cup that uh, we want to win a game and this one is no different uh, the only difference I, I believe you know going into Japan 2019 is that we have three four years of preparation and development where we've got a younger group of players will be the youngest I think World Cup squad to represent Namibia you know and with that comes a lot of youthful exuberance and you know hopefully a lot of energy and you know if we can develop the skills of the players individually collectively we you know we, we've got a chance of performing to the highest level we've done so to date so you know there's a lot of excitement for that at a first international at the top level against the Springboks be a, a little bit special given the African context well I, it will be because you know Namibia have got a lot to thank South African rugby for you know Saro have been amazing in their support of us not just with the Curry Cup but with a training camp against them before the last World Cup and you know Yuri Rule the chief executive you know and the coaches Henneke Mayer at that time and now Erasmus this time have been fantastically supportive uh, and yeah to come up against our big brother I suppose is going to be a special occasion for all the players but again it's about making sure we can prepare to go out there and give 100% and, and enjoy the occasion not be overawed by it Phil Davis is where in his coaching cycle and career at the moment Oh, that's a good question. I mean, ex- exciting place, I think. I think the last, you know, ten years since I left the Scarlets, uh, you know, I suppose a decade there is, is I've learned more about myself, learned more about coaching in in two hemispheres, northern and southern. And I think you become a better coach. You know, you become a better person in some ways because you know you reflect on your experiences, good and bad. But the way of life is that you learn 
learn more from your failures than you do from your successes and I think that's what you know we've managed to do over the last few years and you know we're in a great place with amazing opportunities and you know we've got a lot of people to be thankful for in that regard for support and belief and yeah it's in a good place and hopefully we might see you coming home uh, after the World Cup and if there are some opportunities here might you grab some of them? Yeah I hope so I think what I've learned Rob over the years in coaching is you've got to go where people want you uh, you've got to go where people want to work with you and that gives you a cultural fit and I think the more you coach and the older you get you realise how important that is there are opportunities not just in the UK but there'll be opportunities in South Africa as well so I'm led to believe so yeah it's just wherever the opportunities are but more importantly wherever the cultural fit is I'd great to see uh, not only yourself but Lynn Jones uh, going with Russia Kingsley Jones at Canada there are some pretty good Welsh coaches around, aren't there? Yeah, well, those type of names and those type of opportunities, you know, we've, we've got to have something about this. You think of Lee Jones as well in Hong Kong, Gareth Baber, I know he's doing sevens, but he's in Fiji. You know, there's a lot of Welsh coaches around the world doing good jobs for countries, and I think we need to remember that. that if you remember, Wales with Ray Williams back in the 70s were, you know, was the first country to actually have a coaching process, and I think that, you know, we've got to realise that, yeah, you've got to be fair in your perspective. Of, of coaching. Yes, you, it's about winning on a scoreboard, but also it's about developing and it's about understanding how you prepare a team to play and sometimes you're not always going to win, but yeah. I think we've got a lot of good coaches and I think in Wales we do understand coaching as well as the next country, but I don't think we believe that we understand it as well as we actually do and I think that's something I think we should be proud of rather than, as we are at the moment, we're negative about so plenty of interest around that. Plenty of interest around the Under Armour series. And we'll be looking forward to the Scotland game next week's Principality World Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye.